We're back. We would like to point out at the top of the segment that uh, next week we're going to have an interview with KDVS's own Sakura Saunders. We tried to hook up with Sakura for this week's show, but didn't quite pull it off. She'll be presenting in Davis this month a documentary worth seeing about what is going on in Venezuela. And, uh, well, there's a lot going on in Venezuela regarding President Hugo Chavez. The documentary in question involves the coup, or the near coup, that took place uh, in the country with United States backing, where uh, oil companies basically tried to get rid of Hugo Chavez. He, however, still is the country's president, because apparently, when word got out he was being held captive, thousands and thousands of people marched upon the palace where he was incarcerated. It's an interesting story. I'm sure it's a very interesting documentary. We're going to try and view it between now and next week's time, and we'll talk to Sakura about it. This sounds like something you ought to take in. Also, in the last week, we've had a chance to look at the DVD of Uncovered, the whole truth about the Iraq War. We had uh, director Robert Greenwald on this program a couple of months ago. This was shown all across the country in various gatherings and is worth seeing. I'm proud to report that anyone who'd been listening to this program in the months leading up to the Iraq War would have heard a great deal of what is in this documentary. Uh, As of yesterday, Colin Powell is still telling Congress that, well, it's too early to conclude that uh, there were no weapons of mass destruction and that George Bush has appointed a Warren Commission-type blue-ribbon panel to look into, you know, gee, what happened to those weapons of mass destruction? Well, this documentary points out, and we pointed out, that the best intelligence demonstrated that there were no such weapons in Iraq. Duh! This is why David Kay couldn't find them after 11 months. This is why they've abandoned even the search. There is no ongoing search in Iraq right now for the weapons, because there aren't any. I mean, we're really proud of the fact that Ambassador Joseph Wilson, who played a prominent part in this documentary, came on our program to tell us what the story was. This story's not going to go away. We will continue to follow it. Stay tuned. I've got in front of me the Sunday Chronicle. Um, In regards to what we're talking about, John Kerry and why Karl Rove is salivating at the prospect of running against him, quote from President Bush, I think Kerry's position on the war in Iraq is politically brilliant. In New Hampshire yesterday, he stated he had voted for the war, adding that he was strongly opposed to it. And we like a quote that appeared in the new biography, Tony Blair, by Philip Stevens, regarding Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney said to British officials in mid-2002, quote, Once we have victory in Baghdad, all the critics will look like fools. Unquote. Well, maybe not, Dick. Uh, I wanted to return to the Paul O'Neill book, which uh, got a lot of publicity here, um, The Price of Loyalty, with writer Ron Suskind. I want to draw attention to something I hadn't really focused on. Uh, According to John Cassidy, writing in the New Yorker magazine, even George Bush initially objected to the uh, second wave of tax cuts that, that went down. At one point in the book, Bush asks plaintively, Haven't we already given money to rich people? He's quickly silenced by his political guru, Karl Rove, who says he must continue to stand on conservative principle, and by Vice President Dick Cheney. Reagan proved deficits don't matter, Cheney snaps. We won the midterms. This is our due. 
John Cassidy points out, this is a grubby picture of political opportunists bent on rewarding the corporate fat cats and fellow ideologues who hold the key to their re-election. I think of that joke that Bush got big laughs with at the Gridiron Club a couple years ago when he took office and said, uh, there's people who criticize me saying I look to the vice president for uh, decision-making. To that I say, Dick, what do I say? <laughs> Funny line, George, uh, but uh, too bad it's true. And we should note in passing that, uh, that part of the Patriot Act has been ruled unlawful. Now, the Los Angeles-based Humanitarian Law Project said that the plaintiffs in the case were threatened with 15 years in prison if they advised groups on seeking a peaceful resolution of the Kurds' campaign for self-determination in Turkey. The judge ruled that the law as written does not differentiate between impermissible advice on violence and encouraging the use of peaceful, nonviolent means to achieve goals. Chalk went up for the good guys. All right, from the planet Mars, it appears that both rovers are pretty much ready to go. The Spirit has been reprogrammed. The opportunity has also rolled out onto Martian terrain, and in the next couple weeks, we're going to see them move about, analyzing the rocks, and uh, coming to what I think are going to be some um, very interesting conclusions. And uh, in a science story that I admit I am baffled by, it's being alleged that scientists have created a sixth form of matter. For those of you keeping track, there, of course, are gases, solids, and liquids. I think that we're all familiar with those. The fourth form is plasma, which is, um, you know, easy to see. Go out and look up in the sky. The sun is composed of plasma. Oh, there's gas on the outside, but the interior of the sun is neither gaseous, solid, nor liquid. It's mostly plasma which is basically where the electrons are, you know, stripped off the, the nuclei and they're all sort of slamming about hitting each other at, at high energy and high heat. Okay, the fifth form of matter, according to these articles, is the Bose-Einstein condensate, which is a kind of a, a communal atom that forms at extremely low temperatures. Uh, this new form is being called a fermionic condensate, which involves supercooling potassium items. I, I, I'm in over my head. I mean, they're talking about condensations of bosons and fermions, and, um, you know, this whole thing we're taught back in, in high school about, you know, protons and electrons and neutrons, man, that is old hat. I mean, to really talk about physics down in, in, in the, uh, the most basic level, we've got to use words like fermions, bosons, uh, leptons, baryons. Um, we're going to try and tackle this odd menagerie on a future program as soon as we can find a physicist that'll do it with us. The, the funniest part about this, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what to make of this, this, this fermionic condensate, but what cracks me up is they're immediately saying, oh, this has great practical application into superconductors. This will be bringing us one step closer to everyday usable superconductors. Then they proceed to not explain at all how that could possibly be. I mean, I don't know. Maybe these fermionic condensates are going to do wonders for superconductivity. Maybe they're going to improve upon Viagra. Maybe they'll be able to remove the pesky problem of ring around the collar on laundry day. I don't know. I don't see the connection. 
Any physicists in the listening audience think they want to take a crack on this with us in the future? Hey, send us an email, info at radioparallax.com. We might put you on. I saw an interesting article that's worthy of comment about Google, the world's most popular search tool. It turned five years old last September, and a pretty interesting story behind this. Apparently, Google began as a graduate project of 20-something Stanford students, Larry Page and Sergey Brin. They tried to sell their technology on, on how you could basically go out onto the web and find things to Yahoo, Excite, InfoSeek. They were all turned away. Apparently, they were explaining their software to a founder of Sun Microsystems one morning when the man stopped them halfway through and wrote a $100,000 check to Google Inc. And it sat in a drawer for a couple weeks while Page and Bryn hurriedly formed a company with that name. Well, of course, it's been enormously successful. To Google has become a verb in the English language. Uh, it's fascinating that, that it, Google searches 3 billion pages. That's now only half of the content of the web. Perhaps a fermionic condensate will <laughs> help us reach more websites. I don't know. You know, people are asking this question now, you know, that say you get involved in something that puts you in court. You know, you may think that chapter of your life is closed. Well, Google begs to differ. Theoretically, court and other legal records, police arrests, obscure newspaper articles, and other such documents have always been publicly available, but they required a lot of time and effort and expertise to go dig them up. Now, with a couple of keystrokes, you know, a lifetime's worth of records can unfold on someone's computer screen in about 0.2 seconds. People have pointed out that inconvenience was actually an important part of our lives. We just didn't realize it. Yeah, we're going to talk more about this in the future. I keep saying that today, but but we will. We do. We return back to topics. We're not uh, locked into like the news of the last you know couple days, like uh, like the commercial medium, and just another reason to listen to KDVS and its fine public affairs lineup. But uh, let's close with uh, Google bombing. We mentioned in the fa- in the past that miserable failure will pull up for you on Google a biography of President Bush. Uh, Also, people have used this technique of Google bombing, which takes advantage of how Google sorts things to put the biography of President Bush attached to the keyword unelectable. If you type in weapons of mass destruction, a page mimicking an error message will appear that says these weapons of mass destruction cannot be displayed and advise visitors to check your weapons inspector settings. All right. Let's get out. We'll return in our third segment, an extended segment reviewing uh, the legacy of TV legend Jack Parr. You're listening to Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett, and this is KDVS 90.3 FM, Davis, Sacramento. <laughs> 